Welcome back, everyone. It is Tiff O. Hey, ho. And it's the pretty Ricky, 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 Ricky. Hey, and we are here today for another episode, came and talked, episode recap and discussion of This Is Us, season five, episode 10, and it was titled, I've Got This. So this episode opened with a montage, as I like to say, of Rebecca, Jack, Kate, Toby, and Kevin, and Madison. And it was them just bringing home their babies, selling into the routine of parenting, newborn life. And you see that they're like super tired. They're running around. They're changing diapers. They're doing all these feedings. But through it all, we see at the end of the montage that they would not trade it for the world. And so this is kind of random, Ricky, but I was kind of cracking up because, well, I was happy that they finally had real babies on the show because, you know, they hadn't been using real babies. Ever. But like when they weren't using real babies, they had those dolls. And I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and then did you catch that Real Housewives of Potomac shout out? Kevin watching Real Housewives of Potomac? No, I totally missed that too. Yes, Kevin was watching Real Housewives of Potomac and he was watching that scene when, um, oh, what's the two girls that got in that fight? Monique. Oh. So Monique had went to meet with the girls and like give her some Monique story and Candace. Yes. Uh-huh. So yeah, I just thought that was, I was like, how Girl, you, you, better, you, you better have a strong, uh, I, I missed all of that. So <laughs> I feel like I need to go back and look at it just for that part. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> well, it's in the beginning, so it won't take long. Okay, right. okay. So after the montage, um, we cut over to Rebecca and Jack, um, the younger versions of themselves. And Jack is trying to get a promotion. He's currently a foreman, but he wants to get a promotion to some other position. Um, so he's going to dinner with the company Big Wigs, as I call them. And while at dinner, Miguel is looking out for Jack, trying to help him relate to management. And Jack is doing pretty well, but then comes time for the check and credit card roulette. And Jack participates, and of course, he loses. Mm. So, this made me think, like, what would I have done if I was Jack? And honestly, I think I would have been peer pressured to like participate as well. Just be like, please, God, please <laughs> let me select my card. Because, like, all the reasons he said, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, y'all are like, I don't know, maybe it wasn't an interview. Maybe it was just like we getting together to hang out. But you know I'm a poor man. You know I don't have money. So why would you even play credit card roulette? Y'all should have had that situated before I got there. What do you think? What would you have done? Yeah, I feel like I also would have been peer pressure and I would have had my pride in the way of just like, you know what? I can't have everybody else put their card out and then I keep my little card in my pocket or in my wallet. So I believe in the moment, honestly, I probably would have put it out. I would have been like you praying, please don't let them choose me. Um, but I think it was more so, I don't know if they all knew his situation. I knew Miguel did. I think it was just the big wig. So looking at Jack in his different light. And I think that was like the main reason the show mm. showed that I'm social, I'm this, I'm cool. I can sit at these tables. And, um, so I really don't believe they knew all that was going on in Jack's life, like Miguel, knew, which I did appreciate. Miguel was really trying to give him an out. Um, yeah. so, you know. You know, kudos to Miguel. But yeah, honestly, too, if you and I probably would have been doing the same thing, putting our little card out and praying to the Lord. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be the only one not participating. Exactly, I know. But no, you made a good point, though, that maybe they really, like you said, was seeing him as one of them. It was like, oh, yeah, so let's do what we do. <sighs> okay, so my next question to you okay. is, <laughs> you know, Jack goes home, Rebecca learns that he just spent $200, $300. And this is like back in the 80s or something, 70s. So they you know that was a lot because that's a lot to date to spend on some food. Right. And um, so would you have been upset with your husband if he did that? Or would you have understood because of the whole pride thing and he can't be the only one? So I feel like I would have been upset and I would have um, let him know I was not happy, kind of like she did, but I feel like I wouldn't have belabored the point because I do believe he, if he would have told me the situation, I would have looked at it like, you know what, okay, I'm going to take one for the team. You know, there's a bigger goal in mind he had for the household. However, Tiff, and I do say however, that um, I would have only taken like one for the team because what we're not going to do is just at the end of the day, you know, you going out to lunch and happy hours, putting your card out, putting our family at risk because I mean, it's like you want the babies to be supported or you going to be there for the bosses. Like what you going to do? Like yeah. babies and bosses. That's what I kept thinking. So um, yeah, <laughs> he would have one good time, Tiff, one good time. 
And that's about it. Yeah, I would have definitely been livid. I love the way that Rebecca, like, you know, she expressed her opinion, but she kind of backed off. But what I did notice, and I thought this was a really good way to take care of that situation. So, you know, she's like, hey, I'm taking over the finances, which I perceived as a very gentle way of her saying, you messed up, you don't know how to handle money, and you play too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she handled that well. So I'm not going to use those words because I know like you really had a mission. Like you said, you're trying to get more money. You're trying to fit in the peer pressure, the pride, the man thing. But we can't be having this. We got three. Yes. Baby. Not one, three. not none. Mm-hmm. We got three, okay? And I can't be having you yes. talking about, oh, my peer pressure, oh, my pride got in the way when you start hanging out with me. <laughs> <laughs> so you now nah. handle the finances. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. And I like that he was like, not even trying to put up a fight. Okay, babe. It was like a pretty much, uh, you sure will yeah <laughs> and he was cool with it. it was like cool it doesn't have to be spoken anymore we'll pay this off but you know how i feel and you you know where we stand on this on to the next <laughs> on to the next we will return after this quick ad break stay with us check it out spoiler alert listeners tiff o and ricky got a promo code and it's a good one i love the lip bar I now purchase all my lip colors from The Lip Bar. All of their products are vegan and long-lasting, and they are much more than a lip company. They also have this bomb highlighter blush duo and a fast face system and so much more. Their products are affordable and can be purchased online with our promo code for a 10% discount. And what's even better, it is a small black woman created and owned company. Now that's what's up. So what are you waiting for? Go to thelipbar.com now and get your purchase on. Oprah and Michelle Obama wear the lip bar and so can you. Link and promo code is in the episode description. So speaking of on to the next, let's get on to Beth Randall and Beth's mom. Her name is Miss Clark. And of course, she's played by the magnificent Felicia Rashad. So anywho, yes. Randall is hiding out on the porch from Miss Clark child. And Miss Clark is just going around the house being judgmental of Beth, or at least Beth feels that way. And I can see why she feels that way. But anyway, and so Miss Miss Clark is supposed to be leaving the next day, but she delays her leave for a week. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so Tiff, okay, I'm gonna sound again. You know me, me and my Debbie Downer, which I don't try to be, but at this moment, Tiff, I was thinking, you know what? I feel like something is going to happen <laughs> to Miss Clark. I felt like it was something deep. I was like, either she's like really lonely. Cause I just feel like, okay, you postponed or you delayed this. Or I was like, is she going, is she going to go? Like if she has an illness and she just really want to be around her family, but she can't really voice it at this time or, mm. or what? So anyways, when that happened, those were my initial thoughts. Um, yes, I don't know. Did you think any? Did you think like that? When she delayed it, I was just like, dang, that's messed up. You already told us how you feel about people in your house overnight. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's best mom, so she really don't care for her to be there. But, like, just being Randall, I'm I'm hiding out on my porch. I have created a whole man cave just to, like, Mm. get some peace of mind. And now we find out that she's not leaving tomorrow. She delayed it a week and didn't even like give us the benefit like let us know yeah I was like uh-uh. so I didn't know I didn't like nothing ever came to me other than why don't mama just I'm surprised my mama didn't want to leave that's the only thing that came to my mind but I wasn't thinking <laughs> like she was sick or she was lonely I hadn't thought about that but you're right that was good thoughts to have <laughs> we'll see we'll see I'm not trying to kill nobody y'all but I'm just saying I don't know I got, I got a little nervous here so we'll if y'all want to see or hear Ricky kill people please tune in to our Queen Sugar episodes <laughs> <laughs> I really do want them to live, but I'm just saying what I think gonna happen though. <laughs> so um speaking of this patio, whatever, Malik and um Deja come into the house and Malik is like, hey, where's Randall? And she's like, I don't know. And he just leaves her, okay? And so he goes to uh tell Randall or ask Randall for advice on his baby mama Jennifer trying to come back into their daughter's life. And so I'm like, <laughs> Randall is so cute. I was like, um, oh, that's a good person to ask. Like when he was like, hey, I got advice. And I was like, oh, that's nice that he's going to Randall for some advice. But then when he mm. tells him the content or the subject matter, I'm like, why you go to Randall? What did you think about Malik seeking Randall's advice? 
No, you know, I looked at that like, um, I just think I looked at that like, you know, I, I respected him doing so because I feel that Malik really in this situation. First of all, let's let's acknowledge that Malik is going through some grown folk stuff. Like he a teen, sure. but these are like adult, yes. <laughs> adult situations. I have so and much so, to say about this adult situation too. Go ahead. Oh, okay. And so when you think about, you know, the story of him and his parents doing the fight so for custody, and I can't even imagine that because usually they want to give the child to the mother, but them having the fight so that the child won't be up for adoption, all this stuff they went through, he already knows his mom and his dad are not going to be going in there with any kind of lens, but uh-uh, uh, don't let this girl in. You know, so I feel like he really at this point was trying to have this thought of being open and really wanted to do what was best for his child I feel he respected mm -hmm. Randall just in general he looked at him as a mentor and he already knew a little bit of his situation I feel about Randall not having his mom growing up and he just felt like you know what what other person to ask and is freaking Deja's dad so I do believe he cares deeply for Deja so him going to Randall, I, I again, I, I was okay with that. And I could understand him kind of being in this place, again, as a teen, but having an adult situation and like, uh, who do I go to? I need to talk with somebody else. But if I bring this up to Deja, like, you know, I, it may be too emotional. There's a lot of stuff going on. So I think he really just wanted to do what was best for his child. He's struggling and he thought that Randall was a good resource. And I understand why he went to him. So I was okay with it too. Oh my gosh, Ricky. So I'm like, I don't even have nothing to say about that because I disagreed at first, but all the reasons you just ran down to me, I'm like, no, you're right. I think that puts into perspective because initially my inkling was you put Randall in a sticky situation between him and his daughter. I mean, yeah, him and his daughter, Deja. And I was like, you got parents, go ask your parents. They know about the situation, but you're right. Like everything you said about his parents probably being biased, not having an objective stance on the matter because they're like, uh-uh, she put you through all this and we ain't about to go through that no more and she don't want to be in their life and if she wanted, like all that stuff. So no, I think you're right. Okay, okay. But it still did put Randall in a situation, but he it really did. had nowhere else it to go as far as like someone to trust. So, okay, okay, you're right. Yeah, I feel like ultimately he thought that Randall's advice could be trusted because of, you know, all the reasons we kind of talked about. But yeah, Randall, he even said like, this is like a touchy situation, sir. So he was really cute. Like, he mentioned him being cute. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm like, this is our old Randall that we like to oh, see coming through the screen. <laughs> he was like, I need some advice. He was like, me? Oh, my daughter's never asked me for advice. Right? <laughs> <laughs> He was so proud honey he was at first so proud. i thought malik was going to ask him advice on girls and i was like please don't do that that is her dad like no. Ooh, okay. exactly mm -mm. all right mm -hmm. so one of my favorite because you know i always say when the dinner table comes there's always some drama to go down so we got dinner table time and not only mm -hmm. one but we got two this episode so i was excited so anyway <laughs> Beth has made this meal, what was supposed to be her mom's last night in my house meal, but it turns out it's just a, a meal. So Beth has made this meal. She's trying to like, I guess, prove to her mom that, I don't know, I don't know, appease her mom in some fashion. So Beth has confiscated everyone's phone. And girl, I was cracking up when she goes over to Randall and Randall's like, but I'm a councilman. Oh, I let the city burn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was laughing too. <laughs> I was laughing. <laughs> Malik uh phone starts going off beeping or whatever and he's like hey can I check it it could be about my daughter so of course Beth is like yeah sure but then Tess starts whining about missing a text from Alex oh my gosh that was so annoying to me but anyway it's accurate but it was annoying and then Tess announces that she and Alex are a couple and don't you forget Alex is not a she she's a they okay and so then Deja sees that Malik is getting texts from his baby mama, Jennifer, and Malik tells Deja what's up, and Beth tries to ask Tess about her relationship with Alex, but Deja gets upset that Malik has told Randall about his baby mama, her, his baby mama possibly coming back into the picture, and Beth gets upset that Tess has told her mama, Miss Clark, about her relationship with Alex, but hasn't said anything to Beth, and then Beth goes off on her mama, Miss Clark, and then her mama takes that as a cue to go home. There was a lot going on. Okay. It was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so let's unpack this and bring it down. What did you think about Tess telling Miss Clark, her grandma, about Alex, but not her parents? Girl, I was really shocked by this. Mm -hmm. I just, it, I was shocked because to me, Miss Clark comes off as this disciplinarian. I mean, she was mm -hmm. a principal, you know, or is, is, I don't know if she retired yet, but the point is, 
she's like always, you know, put your phones up. Then she comes into a room, everybody's temperament change. Everybody start getting, you know, sitting up. They're not just slouching on the couch eating their chips. It's like, it yeah. changes when she comes into the room. So the fact that she will look at her grandmother as this person to go to with something, you know, intimate in regards to, you know, you're a teen. Teens don't talk, no matter what sex or what's going on. They don't want to talk to you about who they dating or who their parents, you know, to people, usually their parents about what's going on in their so-called personal life. So for her to be that comfortable with her grandmother, I was like, okay. I was just really shocked by this. Yeah. No, completely the same. And I don't, I don't, now this, I didn't think was believable. I mean, I do understand that a lot of times it's easier to talk to someone that's a degree or so removed. So I get it. Like, for instance, uh, about something so touchy like that, like she's still trying to get it comfortable with her sexuality or whatever. So to not want to go to her mom or her dad about it, I can see that. But Miss Clark, I'm like, like you said, Miss Clark is like a disciplinarian. I take her as like old school religious conservative yes. and be like, uh-uh, I ain't about to listen if I know the, they, her, his, zier. Like, no, <laughs> like this is the way it's been done. This is the way it's going to be. So for a test to feel comfortable going to Miss Clark and for Miss Clark to be like, oh, it's cool. I was just like, no, no. Mm-mm. Now her going to Kevin like she's done before. Yes. But her going to Miss Clark, I just didn't see that. I was like, that's kind of a reach to me, but. There was a reach to me. And I kept thinking, is Beth really, we paid the picture that Beth is really just not open-minded, like that she really didn't feel comfortable talking to her mom? Because I will hope that's not what they're trying to paint, like that their relationship is starting to get distant or something's going to start happening with them. I know that there was that conversation where she was at the table and Beth did kind of go off on her when she did that video and she kind of got in trouble by that. But I'm like, Really? I just hope this is not what we're seeing where Tess feels like she can't go to her mom because that would make me really sad because, you know, I live for the mother and (laughs) sons or mother and daughter moments in these shows. So, I mean, I don't know. I just didn't look at Beth in that way. I didn't either. And you could tell that Beth was shocked and hurt that because she, too, thought that she had a relationship with her daughter and had been open enough about her daughter's, you know, sexuality exploration or whatever, that, of course, she would come to me. But I, I do see as a child, you don't want to go to your parents sometimes. You want to go to someone else. Um, right. So I think it's just something Tess is dealing with or struggling with herself and projecting because even when they're at the table and, you know, Tess is like, so, you know, tell me more. Like trying to learn more about the relationship. She's like, I knew you were going to do this. And it's like, <laughs> Beth was doing nothing but like inquiring. I don't know what's happening. I'm just asking right. follow-up questions. Yeah. <laughs> you act like I'm doing something to you. I'm not doing nothing to you. So I just think it was really something with Tess and not Okay, good point. All right, so moving on to Malik, grown, uh, mature subject. Do you think Malik should have told Deja about his baby mama sooner? Like, trying to come back into their daughter life? Like, was he obligated to tell her? Oh, I don't. So I do feel that if you're dating someone with a child, y'all in a relationship, that there is an obligation that they should kind of know big picture things. Like, my daughter, who was, well, my I don't know, girlfriend, whoever she was, my my child's mother, who has not been a part of her life, is now coming back into her life. So that's going to mean she may be calling us, maybe communicating more and, you know, just putting it all out there. I do feel there's a sense of obligation that you should do that. I mean, y'all in a relationship. So yes to that. But it was so soon, Tiff. I really feel like all of this was happening. Like, I mean, I don't know, like the whole timestamp thing, but I feel like it was, she, he's getting a call. He's trying to figure out what to do. And again, this is a lot of emotions going on. And that he just didn't want to make an emotional decision. And back to the point of um, just getting Deja involved so soon, I feel that she she could have said something or did something that could have, again, changed his viewpoint. He really wanted to look at it, what's best for my child. So him not telling her at all, then yeah, I feel like, yeah, I'd be upset about that. But I feel that him not telling her in that exact moment, wanting to get a chance to just think it through before he involves yeah. her and the parent, everybody else that no so I'm not really mad at um at how Malik handled that to be honest with you yeah I, I'm with you I don't think he should have told her sooner for the simple fact that you said he was trying to figure it out himself and just really trying to get the best advice that he think he could get and obligation I mean I think you're right he is obligated but I'm just like I'm not even like thinking about whether he's obligated or not I'm kind of going far off because I'm like this is why Deja a 15 year old don't need to be dating nobody who has a baby baby mama like this is too much this is a very mature subject and a 15 year old is not equipped to handle the dynamics of a baby mama 
a child, just the responsibility of someone having a child. Like even grown women are not, or men are not uh, able to handle the dynamics that come with people who have children. Like I didn't want to date anyone who had a child because I didn't want to have to deal with them having to, you know, be responsible for their child or them and their baby mama. So it's like, you're 15 and you're choosing to have a relate. Well, I guess she was fantasizing and because the baby mom wasn't around, wasn't really a big subject, but still he mm-hmm. has a child. So if he gets, like he said, he has to be tied to his phone. And if you get a call, he got to run away. Like, that's just a lot. Like you're a child, Deja. Enjoy being a child. But I know I'm not trying to say that Malik, well, I am kind of trying to say that Malik shouldn't be dating right now. <laughs> like, why are you putting other little kids into this situation? It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> Girl, grown folks stuff honey is what he is going through and what Deja is now in the middle of honey I don't like it I don't like it one bit and I mean they might end up t- I mean Malik is a nice guy and he's re- he's taking responsibility for his kid um I got it but I just like this is too much like I cannot imagine me having a 15 year old daughter or son and they're like oh well the person I'm dating got a child um I'll be like Randall and Beth at the beginning like no no I even turned and asked my husband like did you let your kids date somebody with a child he's like no (laughs) it's just too much just too much to go along with yeah it's a lot so um should Randall have advised Malik differently regarding um Jennifer to support Deja and I think that, you know, because, you know, uh, Deja was like, oh, you, you're supposed to be on my side. You're my day one and all that stuff. So what I was getting from Deja is that she, he was, Randall was supposed to advise Malik, like, nah, don't try to get, you know, get your baby mama back involved in the child's life. But I'm like, that's not fair of her to ask. I mean, as he pointed out, you're 15 years old and you're in love. So you really don't understand what's going on here. But this is something really bigger than Deja. <laughs> like, Yes. <laughs> your mind is not going to understand it and a lot of people might ain't going to understand it but this ain't about you and oh well he used to like her it's not just an ex-girlfriend this is a baby mama okay so <laughs> you yeah. don't have to deal with it what do you think no, I agree with all of that. And ultimately, I don't feel that his decision or him speaking his truth had anything to do with him not protecting Deja. Like you said, it's so much bigger than that. And it's so much more bigger than how T Deja would feel in the moment. It's, it's a big situation. So mm-hmm. um, no, I would not have advised um, Randall to, you know, I guess talk differently or have that conversation look differently with Malik. I think he should have been open and honest as he was. And I love how he did not say, yeah, I was wrong for that. But I loved how he affirmed to her, I am your day one. Like, even though you don't agree with what I did, I I still got your back. And girl, okay, so tender moment for me. (laughs) And I hope it was for you because, you know, you've been like, "Mm -mm, they got to earn my tender. (laughs) (laughs) But them trash talking Jennifer was so cute. I loved it. I did too. I did too. It's like, okay, that's exactly what I was thinking. Let's go on my IG page. And then, ah. Yes, yes, they're so cute. Yes, so that was a tender moment for me. I'll give it to you. Yes. What? <laughs> so Beth goes and apologizes to her mom because, of course, she was disrespectful when she talked to her mom all crazy at the table. But um, I'm going to digress real quick. Yeah. So you remember last episode I was talking about, we were talking about Queen Sugar and how Charlie had apologized to her son, Micah, and how I had said in my personal experience, I don't ever know no Black mama to apologize to their child whether they wrong or right. And it just took me back to those moments where I said, I ain't never seen this in TV. Beth goes apologize to Miss Clark for her behavior, which was fine. But did you hear an apology from Miss Clark? No. Instead, <laughs> you hear Miss Clark talk about what me, I was judging. You know you were walking around my house talking crazy. I mean, uh, judging me and acting like I can't do my job. How you gonna act all oblivious to your actions? That's what I know Black mothers to do. So I was just like, I roll, I roll, I roll. We just came off this perfect scene from Queen Sugar of a parent apologizing to their child. And now we have the reality <laughs> of a situation where the parent been like, I didn't judge you. You know you've been walking around my house judging me <laughs> and talking mm-hmm. crazy. Like, why can't you just say, yeah, I have. But instead, you want to act like you didn't know what was going on. And then you want to talk about how you lonely. So now I can't even focus on why I'm upset with you because now you're so lonely and it's supposed to uh, take away all the judgment. You ain't got to walk around judging me, hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of, <laughs> had to fix myself here. So yeah, no, no. <laughs> I get. It. I think that generation, like you said, 
about them actually verbalizing apologies. We don't, we didn't see that as much, but also I feel that in their way, they really feel like acknowledging that, you know, I'm lonely, I'm this, I'm this and that, acknowledging where they are is like their way of apologizing. But no, I feel it's like, not. it's not, it's like, and I'm sorry, acknowledging is important, but you can actually take it that step further and say, and I'm sorry for this and this and this and this, but yeah. I think that um, what is true, I think this is a very true moment of the generation, which is why we were both probably just shocked, like, oh, she handled this so well, because that don't seem true. Like, you know, yes. maybe since she, she, for her character, it did not seem like something she would be so, you know, open to and be willing to talk about. And again, that Tess would feel more comfortable talking to her. And then we see <laughs> yet another <laughs> scene where it's like, yeah, that is totally how <laughs> that probably yes. would mm -hmm. Now, Tess would have talked to Rebecca. I could see that. I can but see that too. Tess yeah. talking to Miss Clark. Heck no. Um, yes. So speaking of Miss Clark being lonely, did you see an indefinite stay coming? It seemed like you kind of predicted it from the jump. You know, so I, I was still a little shocked by the indefinite stay. Um, but I was very happy. I was like, it was a proud moment for me for Beth because I thought it was a wonderful gesture that she really looked for what is the best situation for my mom at this point. And she knew her mom needed company. So I was like, look at Beth. She's going to be open to having her mama stay because as she said, your family, Randall, treats this house as a Ramada Inn. So <laughs> it's time for my mama to be up in the midst too. So um, yeah, I just thought that was a, it was a good moment for me for Beth for even for doing that, for, you know, listening to her mom enough and, and probably going outside of her comfort zone to be like, you know what? My mama gonna be here for a while, so, yeah. Well, you know, when your mama gave you the sob story of, well, the reason <laughs> I like being here is because it's so quiet. I can tell the time by the traffic and <sighs> whatever. So you can't help but be like, oh, mama, you lonely? Come on, stay here. You can help with the kids like you've been doing. Just stop all the judgment, but she ain't gonna stop that. I did not see an indefinite stay coming, not in a million years, because, you know, Beth and Randall were just like, mm -mm, you know, I'm going home. But I do love the fact that we may be able to see Felicia Rashad around for a while. So that's exciting. Yes, yes, it is. And I just have one more comment about uh, the whole Beth Randall scenario i love seeing randall at home like we haven't i feel like we haven't seen him at home in a very long time if ever um well yeah we have seen him at home before and that's when he started using my nurse but <laughs> i love seeing him at home i love seeing him take care of a basil plant that he named isaac and i just love seeing him <laughs> chill and then it was like yeah. i love seeing randall me too me too <laughs> I'll let the city burn. <laughs> <laughs> so now on to our last few people, Kevin, okay. Madison, Toby, and Kate. So they're all together because I just feel like their storylines overlap this time. You can't do them separately. So Kevin wants to invite Kate and Toby over for dinner. Madison is on board. Kate is on board for both she and Toby. She didn't even ask Toby which I thought was a problem. Like, oh yeah, me and Toby would like to come. Like, could you at least be like, can I talk to Toby first? Like Kevin went and asked Madison, like, hey, what do you think about this? And he just said, hey, these people coming over. So anyway, digress. So we see that Toby has been interviewing or he is interviewing, but we learned he's, this is like his 30th interview. He has his little fake backdrop. He's rocking the baby with a nine iron. He's in a garage. Everything comes crashing down, including his little, uh, what do you call it? O-ring or something. And it's just a calamity. So um, Toby's like, you know what? This is tough to do interview after interview like this. And uh, just let me know if I got the job. Like, is this, you know, my interview is sucking, but what's going on? And so Terrence, the person on the end is like, well, you're a top candidate. Let me talk to the partners. And at this moment, did you think that Toby actually had a shot at that job? That Terrence was really going to talk to the partners? Or was it just lip service because Terrence felt so bad for Toby? Was hopeful Tiff. Maybe I was naive in this, but I was like, see, that's that Toby charm that I like. He's like, look now, you know, sub is falling apart. What, what's gonna happen? Like, you don't give me the job. <laughs> and I was like, Toby gonna get that job, girl. So I was actually like hopeful. But um a part of me also felt like it is a drama and I'm sure he probably won't get it. But initially I was I was hopeful, Tiff. I was like, I think this may be it. Tip, you knew automatically. Now, this wasn't it. Girl, I was like, this is going to be like a TSA moment. Like, where you know that something shouldn't happen, but because it's TV, they'll probably make it happen. Mm. So I was like, I believed he was a top candidate, but he bombed that interview. Like, 
Toby know he bombed the interview. The guy, I'm looking at him bomb the interview. The guys looking at him bomb. Like everybody knows that interview was not going well. And he's talking about, uh, should we just end it to put our pants on? Okay. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I think Terrence just kind of felt sorry for him. And I think it was kind of like a wink in the gun type thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I'll be so shocked if he gets You were like, you thought that basically he didn't even ask his partner and say it was all just lip service. Uh, yeah, possibly. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I was like all like hopeful and optimistic. Like because this we did partners. I had a re- I, he was a top candidate. I think he's really good for the job, but his interview was really terrible. And he told me he had pants on. Like <laughs> 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 he pretty much had like a breakdown on the interview. And I don't think a lot of people are gonna look past like he could understand it, but I'm not gonna look past it. Like we still need somebody that's not going to have a breakdown during our interview. So I was just like, if he gets this job, it's just a magic mm. television. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so Toby and Kate are on their way to Kevin and Madison's house because Kate has told Toby that's where they're going to go without even asking him. And uh, Toby asked Kate not to tell Kevin about him not having a job, which I think was a fair act. Like everybody don't need to know everything, even if it is family. And why is my ha- not having a job even relevant to Kevin or Madison? Agree. What do you think? absolutely a fair ass and we're family but our what's going on in our household is what's going on in our household and I say that because also it's so fresh I feel like in all these scenarios these scenes we're talking about like this stuff is really happening and people haven't even had a chance to process it themselves so um definitely a fair ass yes and I was nervous that Kate was gonna like spill the beans I was like oh Kate come on please please but anyway I was actually like I don't I think she would try I was believing that she would you know listen to Toby and respect his his opinion so I was I didn't really have that thought that she was gonna tell him oh okay look at us we just on different pages with Toby's interview (laughs) listen to Toby so just as they arrive to Kevin's house Toby gets the news that he did not get the job and we can see that his, he's, he's really not in the mood to be there. I feel like he didn't really want to be there in the first place. Like you said, he was still kind of processed. Like, I don't have a job. I'm trying to get a job. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the next job. I'm going through my savings. Now we got to go over here to La La Land. Like, I really don't want to be here. But since you already committed us without asking me, I just had no choice. Okay, anyway. So I'm like, man, I really wish Toby would have left instead of staying there, especially when he got the news. Because, you know, again, they're over in La La Land and I feel like Toby was now feeling insecure around Kevin. Kevin's daydreaming about building compounds and they're all living together as one big, happy, huge family. Toby is like, I'm dealing with real life, very present issues. Mm -hmm. And so I really wish he would have left, but I know like in real life, people don't leave. They just end up staying until it just all falls down, just like his blinds and his (laughs) Zoom interview. What do you think? You think he should have left? I don't. I just think that that would have made even more of a scene. I feel like if he already committed to whether he wanted to or not, he he pulled up, he committed because he stepped into the house. So I feel what I do feel is that he should have taken a chance to breathe. He should have been like, where where, where the bathroom at? Let me go to the restroom. Drop me the baby to Kate. Go to the restroom. You know, you can't process it fully, but just like, okay. All right, so I didn't get that. Put a little water on his face, you know, give him my five or so minutes just to just stop, pause, breathe, and then go back and say, you know what, let me just get through this dinner. I'll tell Kate, you know, let me just get through this dinner. So, I, yeah, I just feel like he would have left automatically. It would have just been even, it would have been, I feel like yeah. it would have been a scene, I guess, either way, but I'm like, now just take a, take a moment to yourself and then come back is what I was leaning towards. Oh, that's good. I like that. I like that. I like that. I just kind of wish he wouldn't have gone in the first place. <laughs> Because I feel like he wasn't in the mood. Like, even if that text didn't come through, he still would probably have the same emotions that he exhibited at dinner table time. (laughs) We finally made it to the dinner table. Madison has her new dress on or whatever. But then she leaks milk and has to go, you know, straighten herself out. So this is when Kevin starts talking about the snoo and then like Kevin offers to buy it for Kate and Toby and Toby's like, no, nah, that's good. So girl, I had to like research. I'm like, what is a snoo? So why that snoo costs $1,500, okay? 
And it don't stop there. Let me tell you what it do. Please tell me what it do, Tim, because I was like, Tip, you have to tell me about this new. She's a mom. She knows about these things. I, know, apparently... I didn't know nothing. But okay. I'm like, okay. He was so... like, she, you, oh, you don't have a snoo? And they were like, we rent one, but we don't have one this time. He's like, oh, everybody got to have a snoo. So I'm like, oh, what is it? What did I miss out on, girl? Okay. What's a snoo? Break it down, Tim. It's a smart baby sleeper and bassinet. So what it is, it's a responsive baby bassinet that boosts a baby's sleep by combining gentle rocking with soothing white noise and snug, safe swaddling. So it helps babies by imitating the calming sensations of the womb. Girl, mm. and $1,500. $1,500. Mm. So, <laughs> so yeah, he's just like, oh, I'll buy it. And he's in there like, nah, I'm good. So then, but I wondered if Toby would allow Kevin to buy it as, like he said, like a baby shower gift or whatever, being that he didn't give him anything if he had a job. I wonder, was he just like, nah, I don't want it because he felt like it was a handout because he didn't have a job? But anyway. So. Anyways, I already have thoughts because my quick thought, I'm sorry, I was just going to say that, like, accept it as a gift. It is okay. Like, this whole thing, okay, we'll get into, I guess, details of, of Tobin having a job, but just my thing is, like, I think people in life in general should learn to accept gifts, like, to learn to accept compliments, and I know it may be hard for some, but it's, like, it's okay if someone wants to give people something, especially, if, you know, you're not, like, this taker, but if somebody wants to be nice, be like, thank you, be like, thank you, it's okay, Toby, say thank you, but okay, go ahead, Tiff. I just, <laughs> I really think that if he had a job, it may not have rubbed him as rough, but $1,500 for a gift is pretty excessive when I'm dipping into my savings. Like, you're like, oh, let me just get it for you. Uh, it's excessive. It's an expensive gift, but I think you have to realize you're talking to, I'm assuming, a millionaire, multimillionaire probably. Yeah. And if they want to give you that, I mean, <laughs> you know, who am I to stop a blessing to? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Don't stop your blessing, Toby. <laughs> So Kevin remarks that Toby's and Kate's lives are stressful and oh, this sets Toby off. So Toby assumes that Kate told Kevin about Toby not having a job. And that's funny because, you know, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, is Kate going to uh, adhere to his wishes? So Toby don't even have confidence that Kate. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> Just thought about that. Um, so anyway. So Toby admits or tells on himself that he didn't get, well, that he don't have a job, that he didn't get the job and may not get a job for a while. Madison returns and sweats and it's an awkward situation. Kevin then offers to loan them money. Now, if I didn't want your bassinets, why do you think I want your money? So anyway, mm. and Kate offers to go back to work and Toby declines both of their offers. Then Kevin offers to provide childcare at his and Madison's home and Kevin got it all figured out. And Toby goes off even more. Now, this with the childcare, I was like, now that was a good idea, a nice gesture. Like, Toby, you keep, like, come on now. Now you just being a butthead. Like, I, I, I just see the problem with that one. But anyway, so mm -hmm. Toby perceives Kevin's offerings as condescending. And Toby makes note that they're two different families. So, families. So do we agree with Toby's sentiments that they're two different families and leave us alone or Kevin's sentiments <laughs> that we're all one big happy family? Like, just take it. We're good. So I do believe that there is separation. The fact that you still have your own household, your own family, Toby, Kate, and the babies, that's their family. But in the, in ultimately, yes, they are all family and I think my main issue is that if someone because overall we're all family so with it's separate because just because something is going on in my household does not mean because you are my blood relative that I have to tell you every single thing my husband just lost his job he's still processing it he's embarrassed in this moment that does not mean because you're my blood that when you call me I have to say oh, can't talk to you because you know my husband lost his job right now and you know I'm trying to deal with this situation so I feel there is that level of like respect and um and distance and stuff we have to understand but in the end, what I don't agree with is that if you truly are family or somebody says, I got you, like, I don't feel that you should be in need, like going through trash cans, can't pay the electricity bill, <laughs> your children are cold, or you know what I mean? Like you have to like ration out food. If you have someone that's like, we're family, we're good, I can help you. I don't believe that you should not accept help. Because again, like, I know I was saying it more in jest, like, you know, don't miss out on your blessing, but still that's blessing somebody else to be able to bless you. So I don't believe you should stop that. So in that regard, then yeah, we're family. We have you like, we're in this together. Um, but yeah, there still is a difference between someone having their own household and somebody else having their household. Yeah. 
And for me, I found it interesting that they kept showing like a contrast in Toby's perception of family and everyone else's perception of family this episode. Like whenever Madison mm. talks, she's like, we're all family. Kevin would talk, we're all family. Kate would talk, we're all family. And then Toby's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I am more in agreement with Kevin's sentiments only because Kevin was being very genuine about his offering, especially the childcare one. Like, that's a really great idea. He was being really uh, genuine about it. And Toby was just going through something and really wasn't thinking rationally. And so I feel like Toby was kind of not judging, but putting down Kevin for having his La La Land. Because, you know, like Kevin's like, oh, wouldn't Paltrow send me this? And Jessica Alba sent me so many diapers that I don't even know what to do with. And I got my little snoo, two of them, because I got twins. <laughs> and Toby's like, like we have to choose between childcare and her going to work. So like, what you talking about ain't got nothing to do with my life right now. And him saying like, they're two different families because they have two different, um, I don't know, bubbles at the moment. Like this one is rich and you don't have real world worries. And mine and my family has real world worries. So therefore we're two different families. I was just like, that's not fair. Like you ain't never, or you never have voiced it to us that you cared about Kevin throwing around his money until now when you don't have your own. So I'm with Kevin on this one. Like, okay, you ain't got to take my snoo or whatever. And you don't even have to take my loan, my money loan, especially since it's still kind of new. You're still processing. Right. You're still making your way through. Everybody's still okay. But the child care, come on now. You, you can do my child care yeah. <laughs> offer. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. And you know what? This reminded me of a conversation we had thinking about Darla and thinking about Ralph Angel for Queen Sugar. So I was just going to ask, what do, what do you see it as? Because it seems like you are okay with, for the most part, Kevin just not, just extending himself and saying, hey, I can help you with finances, with childcare, with a snoo or not a snoo. Like, I am here to help you. And that being, as a family member, there to help. And so, you know, with Darla, um, you know, she kind of mentioned when they're going through, you know, in COVID and Ralph Angel. He doesn't have the job before then he didn't have the job and you know darla's like look you always can go see your family like you know we will be good so she kind of almost seems like had that same outlook maybe that kevin have so yeah. i was just wondering so does this kind of change your opinion on the darla thing or i know you mentioned like some people don't want to go so like mothers or families you know for situations so i don't know to me this is kind of like a little parallel in the sense except that it was the opposite way where the family member is offering their help and i prefer I mean, I would still decline either way. I think the man of the house would still decline whichever way it came. But I would rather, especially if I was the man of the house, I would rather someone offer it than me or my spouse going to be like, can we get some money? Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, I would rather that too. But it's just, I think the same outlook though. Like yeah. I'm a family member and I'm here to help. And I don't want to see you struggling on the corner and me just rolling on by. And I, I have the means to help. And I won't. I don't I'm not going to struggle on the corner. And I think that's where, I mean, I like that. I mean, Kevin was genuine in his offering. So that's yeah. great. And Darla was genuine when she said, hey, should we go to Charlie? But I just think, as I said, with Darla or whatever, we just got in this situation. Like, well, let me try to figure our way out before you just go run to somebody with money. Or let me try to figure this out before I just start taking your money. Like, I'm still trying to problem solve here. And you're just cutting me off at my knees and not giving me a chance to be there, be the provider for my family. So to me, I'm not a man, but to me, that's what it would kind of come down to or whatever, like my pride and yeah, my yeah. role in the house. And my role in the house is not to go around accepting money from your brother, your family member or whatever, because they got it. And I kind of think of, um, this kind of made me think, I don't know if you're going to digress off of what we were talking about, but <clears throat> like when you feel like you're not similarly situated to someone, like someone doesn't understand your current plight in life or stance in life, you don't really want to talk about talk to them about those things so I like, think about um if if you're in a relationship or when you're in a relationship relationship or whatever and no, I can talk about it right now so I'm married obviously and because we say it all the time and sometimes my husband does things that gets on my nerves so like laundry or something he'll put it beside a basket instead of in the basket and so you know some of those things you just have made comments about but if you're talking to someone who's also married and you're like well my husband never does those things my husband is the one who cleans up my husband is like okay you're not real life <laughs> I can't talk to you about real life situations 
Like, you just yeah. want to punch in their face. And I feel like that's what Toby felt like. Like, we're not on the same playing field right now. Like, I'm yeah, dealing yeah. with real-life situations, and you're literally talking about going to Malibu to build a compound so we could all live under the same household, which I'm still confused as to how he came up with thought. <laughs> and you're talking about Gwyneth Paltrow and Jennifer Jessica Alba sending you things. I don't even know those people. Like, but they're just right there. Like, just right there to fill up your diaper cabinets. Like, this is not, I don't want to talk about the negative stuff in my life or the things that's not as positive in my life with a person who's in La La Land. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the sad thing is that those people were in that situation. Um, and not all situations, because I do believe Kevin's heart is, we're seeing it, and he really was, we both agree, was genuine in his um, desire to help, is that that he really wasn't even thinking that. He's like, this is his true real life. And so he wasn't even processing it to look like, right. oh, I'm just up here in rich man land, and they up here with real life, other, you know, other things going on. So, yeah. Hmm. You don't get it, Kevin. You don't get yeah, it. Yeah, he didn't get it. <laughs> Okay, so um, then we see, you know, Toby goes off to go get their crying child, Haley, and Kevin's cleaning up the kitchen or something, and Kate walks in, and Kevin's like, promise me that if you need, the mo- you need money, you'll let me know. Promise me, Kate, and Kate's like, I-, I promise, like under duress or whatever, but I'm like, Kevin, you're so wrong, like, don't do that, like, don't put her in a position where she has to go against her husband's wishes or whatever like Mm. trust that you know he's gonna make it out of the situation or we're gonna figure it out we don't need you to be our safety net okay that's what it is safety nets we don't need your safety net we got this figured out and if we don't have it figured out then we will let you know or whatever this is our household this is your household let us figure out our household that's why you can't tell everybody your business because then people want to tell you how to solve your problems or what you need to be doing so no and I don't believe that Kate's going to keep her promise. I think she was just in it because he was like, promise me. She was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Do you agree with him? Like, promise me, Kate. Mm, I think hearing, like, how we say, like, you telling your point of view, I, I see it more differently I guess because I really am with Kevin on this situation and a whole lot of things to be honest with you and I guess because I so clearly see his intention is to help and even though I know it's more dramatic of like you on the side of the corner so they're not there yet this is very new I think he just really wanted to get the point across that please if y'all are really ever struggling like please just don't have so much pride or ego like don't go without if I can really help you like please let me please promise me that you'll let me know if you really need help so I mean yeah you're right I mean at the end of the day I don't want her to go behind her husband's back but it's just, I really do feel that Kevin was just like look I'm, I'm concerned like let me know how I can help I want to help and just that Kevin it, I think it's still that thing too that when you get married or when you have relationships in general that have been a certain way for all of your life as long as you know it and then they're they're married and you know Kevin's new at this whole committed relationship thing that he really just it has to realize it is going to be a change in that like that Kate and him can't always they can go to each other but like her husband is going to come first and I think a part of him too is still hasn't fully conceptualized that okay it's not Kate and Kevin because you think about the beginning of the show Kevin's always calling Kate for something you know Kate calling Kevin mostly honestly Kevin going to Kate so I think he's just like but I'm here now I want to help this is what we do this is how we grew up man you know like and I think it's just a part of it's just you know Kevin it just doesn't get it it's it's um it's just new to him in different ways so I guess that's why so much of me kind of can empathize with Kevin's heart that he just really wants to help and he's not really fully seeing the full picture because I don't think he would intentionally say like go against your husband he I don't think he realizes in that moment that's what he's ultimately saying or could Mm. be saying and like I said when you broke it down it's like well yeah no so that's that's not cool for him to say that but I just don't think that that Kevin didn't even think through all of that in that moment and I think you're right um completely right I still disagree with him but I think your reasoning for why he would probably put her in that situation I I agree with that but here's another point I do want to make about helping people Mm -hmm. you can offer to help or you can even say hey I'm here to help you but you need to be willing to help someone the way that they want to be helped so Kevin mm-hmm. keeps being like, oh, I just want to help you. So I'll get you this and I'll get you that and I'll get you this. And Toby keeps saying, I don't want that. So if you really want to help me, then help listen to what I'm saying I want. I want you to leave us alone, really, about the situation. I really don't want to talk about it. Like, I don't want your handouts. I don't want your finances. I don't want your safety net at this moment. 
So that's the way you can help me. Like we tell our son all the time, because he gets in the way trying to help. And he's like, I want to help. What can I do? And we're like, sometimes the best way to help is by doing what we're asking, which is get out the way. That's how you help us by <laughs> not being in the way. And yeah. he cannot understand that. And so I think Kevin is in this situation of if I'm not helping the way I think I should help, mm. or I think I'm able to help, which is by throwing money at a situation, then yeah. I'm not being helpful. But you need to help people the way they want to be helped. I remember I watched a uh, disability video and I know this sounds random, but I watched a disability video and they were talking about how, you know, sometimes we're so quick to try to figure out, or we think we know how people with um, disabilities want to be helped. So they had like an example. Uh, I'm laughing because it was comedy, but it's really not that funny. I mean, it's really not a funny thing in real life, but so like they had a person coming through the door on crutches and the other person who didn't have that disability or a disability at all thought he was going to help that person by holding the door open, like opening the door and holding it open, but it caused the person on the crutches to fall because <laughs> they were used to that door. So it's like, you think you know how to help somebody, but you mm-hmm. don't. So why don't you ask them, like, what do you need me to do? How can I help you? Yeah. And maybe we can have a better uh, conversation or I'll be more receptive to it. Like, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Or I'm telling you, leave me alone. Stop talking about it. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that, thank you for mentioning that because at the end of the, that point, because at the end of the day, um we have to allow people to go through their stuff and express you know and to express if they need help they don't need help and just and have enough care and love for them to back away and sometimes that can be hard but it's like if you you know you you don't want to be bothered at this point or Andrew you know Drew you know thank you baby for wanting to help me around the kitchen but the best way you can help mom is going sit down on the couch is just That's respect right. that <laughs> so yeah we got to respect right. the people That's way yeah. you know. um so what happens next okay so um kate and toby has returned home kate calls her mom rebecca thanks her for you know making our lives you know making it work even though they didn't have the most finances and i thought the conversation that kate and kevin had about you know like oh growing up we didn't have a lot of money but we didn't even know this i think that's a real conversation i think a lot of people probably have those conversations as they get older like man I didn't even realize that we didn't have this and that and this and that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Kate calls her mom and thanks her for that and asks her kind of like for advice on how she made it work. And Rebecca gives her the answer. And then Kate, you know, accepts a job um, at the music school, despite Toby's concerns of if you go to work, you have to pay for childcare. And so I'm wondering, what do you think, Ricky, about her getting a job despite Toby being like, nah, I got this. You know, I was fine with it. Again, I just feel like a lot of this and is this pride thing. Like, I feel like you got to put that stuff down because at the end of the day, if she's able, an able body, she wants to help, she wants to do her part to support the family. And it's an actual opportunity for her. Like, here, we want to offer you this. Like, I just feel you got to push that away of like, well, I had this picture to look exactly like this. Well, that's just not how it is in this moment. And so, yeah, so I'm 4K getting the job and um ultimately hopefully believing that Tony Toby will support her but I'm not gonna lie some of this episode had me thinking like going back to one of your thoughts of will Toby and Kate will they make it and it's like could this be us getting a sign of perhaps um what could be maybe a downturn in their relationship of like Toby feeling so strong about this point and Kate looking at it this way and them just being at odds about certain things when it comes to maybe finances when it comes to her working or would Toby be able to handle if she goes and helps in this way and she becomes like top teacher or maybe she starts back singing singing again like is he okay and taking a back seat in that way so I don't know it just had a different thoughts just this whole episode but um yeah I mean it's for the greater good of the family so I'm definitely for Kate getting the job yeah, me too. Because, you know, I've been thought she should have had a job. Uh, but <laughs> like, what did she do again? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, if, her, if the job is being handed to her, because it's not like she didn't have to do anything, but just say yes. So you have a job being handed to you on a platter. Your husband is not working and we don't know when he's going to work. And you're not taking money from Kevin. You're, like you said, supporting your husband and the family. So I think... Um, I think she should have taken the job and even if it's temporary um and I just think it's so sad that many families have to choose between do I work or do I just or do I work to pay child care or do I just stay home so I don't have to pay child care mm-hmm. and those are real conversations yeah. that a lot of families have to have like if I go to work I'm just working to literally pay for child care so I might as well just stay 
yeah. But um, to your point about Toby and how this might affect him, I didn't even think about all of that. But I could see, because Toby kind of did throw some shade her way. I mean, I skipped over it. But at the dinner table, when she was like, I'll just get a job. And he was like, nah, you're not going to make enough. And your degree. And she's like, when I finish my degree, he's like, yeah, that's nothing. And he didn't say those words. But essentially, like, <laughs> boom, <laughs> I don't care about your degree. Don't care about no ring and dink job you're about to get. Like, that ain't going to sustain nothing or whatever. Like, that was pretty rude now that I think about it. He did a, a sister's um I'm about to say he did a garage to um, yeah. Andy's apartment, like I mean your little apartment, like hold up, bro. Hold up. <laughs> yes. Oh, you know, like you supported me through school. Like, oh, I'm so proud of you for finishing mm-hmm. and getting your like eight or degree don't do that. Like, really? <laughs> Girl, I'm telling you, and Toby's one of my favorite characters. I just saw different sides. I was like, I don't know, sis. Well, I'm okay. still thinking show him as perfect because you know I'm like Toby is too perfect. I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop with that girl. So like, oh yeah, Toby needs to not be perfect. So I was okay. I mean, I'm not okay. I'm okay with him not being perfect, but I was just like, man, that was kind of rude, Toby. And then she goes and gets this little job, rickety job at the music school. So he probably like, yeah, okay, that's cute. But to your point, when he finally does get a job, he's probably like, okay, okay, you can stay home now. She's like, but I like working and I like what I do. And he's like, but you don't bring in nothing. And then that could be mm-hmm. argument. Mm-hmm. But I will say, you're about to be shot. So are you seeing it? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sitting down. <laughs> so when Kate and Rebecca, well, when Rebecca was talking to Kate or they were talking or whatever, and Kate was like, how did you deal with it? And she's like, I don't think I could have done it. Rebecca was like, no, you've already done this and you've already done that. Like, I was like, I guess Ricky is right. Like, Kate is a tough, resilient cookie. Like, I don't give Kate credit for anything, but she does make some things, you know, she does act like a victim sometimes, but a lot of times she she perseveres. So, all right, Kate. All right. Okay, girl. <laughs> you seeing a, a, a softer side, a different side of little Kate. Okay, I'm here for it. Uh, because I mean, like her mom said, you had a child who can't see, and then yeah. you went and adopted another child, and then your husband yeah. lose a job on top of that, and you working like you have yeah. not crumbled yet. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. King is pretty strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm still confused about Kevin and his fantasy girl. Where did his fantasy come from of him, Madison, Kate, and Toby all living together? I don't know why he want this bubble in his life, like them all to be together. I don't know. Is it just that maybe because you know how we say we haven't seen Randall at home for like a while, you know, between working and traveling back and forth to the city. So it's like, is Kevin just been between acting and running and doing this and all of this kind of stuff that he's finally like able to be still and he's like, oh my gosh, like family, this is great and we can all be together, mate. Is it some of that? Is it that? The, the you know how we talked about how COVID we can take the pandemic part away but keep the stillness oh. the quiet the family part maybe the COVID like maybe this is getting to him girl so I think this is his first time like being still in this way you know as many people is their first time well yeah in the pandemic this way but you know like for him like always on the go and now being this father and ah he's just having all these dreams girl he is like on a on a whole like high like even like when you think about the conversation that he had with Toby throughout this episode. It's like, he's just, he's just lighting up. He's just ecstatic. He is over the moon. So I think this is just a part of this, this, this new Kevin. It's just, I see it all. I am optimistic Kevin. Everybody be together forever. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that it has something to do with the big three, like trying to mm. or nurture the idea of a second big three. I, that just came to me. I was like, maybe that's why he's doing that because he, because he even mentioned to Kate, like, oh, we grew up in the house and we never think about this and this and this. And maybe he was trying to recreate that. Like, I'm going to provide the environment for us to really have, for the big three to actually be together and always be together. And yeah, but did you catch that Kevin does have another job? That's what you say. He was like, I have my current job is, or gig, whatever he calls it, um, is paying me an insane amount of money. Yeah. So he's working. I'm he like, just met. Oh. I didn't know he, I was just thinking he meant like, you know, checks he's getting from his stuff airing on TV or something, or I don't know. I guess I was just thinking about current job. Well, I guess current with me, he has to be actually doing the product. I don't know. I guess it like went over me. I was just thinking, oh, okay, he's getting checks rolling in from his, like as an actor, my current job is an actor and I'm just getting like all this money all the time. So mm-hmm. yeah, I understood girl. that he had another gig and I was like, oh, I thought you was going to be shut out the industry. So I was surprised. Girl, okay. 
All right, so now we've come to the end of the show. And what do we have as Kevin and Madison are being super cute and super good, which I was like, oh, that was nice to see them in a you know good point in their relationship or whatever. Uh, yes. As Kevin is settling in on the idea that you know their family is their family, Toby's family is his family, like calm down. We hear a knock at the door. It's either a knock or a doorbell, but either way, we know that somebody's at the door. And when mm-hmm. Kevin opens it, it's Uncle Nikki. <laughs> I was so like touched by this. I was like, Nikki? He's like, you're just gonna name one child after me? Like, really? So it's supposed to be Nikki and Nicole? Like, what do you want? What do you want? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I did not foresee this happening, but what do you think, girl, about Uncle Nikki come showing up? Girl, yeah, it was a surprise to me, but I was really happy. I'm like, look at this. I was like, this is going to be good, I think, for all of them. And just Nikki needs, he needs that company. I know he comes off and I don't need nobody, but he was so happy, I believe, to have Jack's kids back in his life. And him and Kevin really took a liking to each other. So I was like, this is fitting. And it also made me realize when we go to the scene, eventually, you know, when they go with Rebecca being um, in the bed and Nikki kind of being there. It's like, okay, it makes sense. So this is how they not only kept in touch with him and how he just came there, but he probably maybe lived with them. And so, okay. So he's been like this present figure for the family for a while now. So I was happy to see I think Uncle Nikki is not going back. (laughs) Oh, girl, no, I don't think, girl, Nikki's there to stay. He was like, I'm taking this this flight. I ain't took a flight since Vietnam or something. like, look. I'm here. What you see is what you get. Yeah. I'm here for good. I think he's going to be there for good. He's about to pull a Miss Clark, honey. He is staying. Oh, yeah. but I, I don't think it's going to be because Uncle Nicky is like, I came to stay, but more like Kevin and his bubble that he's trying to create. Like, Uncle Nicky, just stay. Really? Mm. Like, stay. Get to know your grandchildren. I mean, not grandchildren. What would they be? They would be his nieces or nephews? Yeah. Niece and nephew. Um, so yes, I think we're going to see more of Uncle Nicky. And like you said, it does explain where he is at the end. And I just can't wait for next week to see, I guess they're going to show us like how Uncle Nicky came to the idea of, you know what, I'm about to go across the country during a pandemic to see my, 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 my niece and nephew. Yeah, I think I'm going to like the plane scenes. It actually be interesting to <laughs> see him Girl. on a plane for the first time <laughs> in years, <laughs> decades. You think they're going to show it? When I saw a little clip, it was him on the plane. So I don't know how deep they're going to go into it. But like, that'd be kind of interesting to see if they just do a little plane scene. So we'll see. Go ahead and mice all everything. Girl. Uh, any th- outgoing thoughts before we wrap up? Um, just the, the the mom advice part. You mentioned already with Kate and Becca having to talk. And just a power to the moms. Because, again, it's like no missteps have taken place. Like, they really create this environment you know and it's like finances or not you're gonna make the Halloween costumes or whatever so it's just I like that it highlighted moms in that way and I have to say a hats off to the the kids who really just appreciated their parents like Kate like I think I always hear that when you become a mom you realize hey my mom really sacrificed a lot Mm -hmm. of parents sacrifice a lot so for her having that moment to just tell her mom thank you I like that part and then for Becca in the midst of how her mama can just rise her stress levels to all-time highs she was still like you know what I'm gonna do what's best for my mom you know a mom stay as long as you want however that conversation went just to be very um accepting of her mom being in her space for and <laughs> we don't know when for an extended time so um I like the the mom scenes, the tribute to mom scenes, and just the kids being there, and even um, um, Kevin being there for Nick, like Nikki. Like I, I feel like you said, it's gonna just be him and cry, trying to create this new environment, and just I don't know. I just felt it was like a lot of warmth in this episode, and so I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, this episode was uh, cute. It started off kind of lackluster for me, but I told when the dinner table scenes, I said, like, ooh, this is about to get good. What's about to happen at the dinner table? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and girl, okay, so I don't have a spoiler, but um, I don't know when this is us is going off, girl. <laughs> they have another episode because this was episode 10. And no, we were like, oh, maybe that's only going to go to 10 episodes. But they have yeah. next week, as we said. Yeah. And it sounds like they have a few more episodes left. But I don't know if they're going to do hiatuses like they've been doing. So there's no telling when this is. Left. They're going to go the whole year, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Be December talking about this is us. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, well. 
Cool. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait for these episodes and keep getting excited about the next one until we get the notice that ain't no more for a while. <laughs> them to tell me when the finale is. I just need to know this so I can know how to pace my episodes in my mind. You know how I be doing like, oh, well, this can't happen for this episode because we still got that episode to get to. So it's like, I can't even do that because they won't tell me how many episodes we have and when an episode is going to air. <laughs> No, honey. They say we're going to leave you in suspense. They just drop. They just drop them. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> just be ready. Just stay ready so you ain't got to yes. get ready. That's what they're trying to tell us, girl. <laughs> well, all right, girl. That's it for now. Bye. Right. Bye. Hey y'all, we are back with season two of Spoiler Alert with Tiff O and Ricky, and we cannot be more excited. All season, we'll be talking everything This Is Us, and we may have special episodes in store for you as well. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform, and like us and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Spoiler Alert Tiff O Ricky. And you know we love our listeners, so leave comments. They may be included in our show. Thanks for listening.